So, Zach, you're back from Dev World. Yeah. How was it? Yeah, it was. It was How did your really talk good. go? Talk went well. Um, probably slightly better than I was expecting, which was good. Um, I seem to. It seemed to be interesting enough to everyone who was there, and I think the presentation went well. There were no glitches or anything, which was really good. Um, but yeah, so that that went well. Dev World itself was great, as usual. Um, I mean, lots of lots of interesting talks there, and I know, yeah, it was just it was just really good. Um, interesting people. The dinner was great, as usual. The the quiz, all those kind of things. Um, Did you win? Oh yeah, did you win the quiz? No, we we were far from winning. So I was on a table. Uh, we were called the youth, and I don't think anyone <laughs> uh, on that table was under about twenty four. And at one point, wait, uh, no one was, no one at your table was under twenty four. Over twenty four, sorry. Um, oh, yeah, no oh, one on the table sorry. was over twenty four. And so at I one think point, we should just have a disclaimer that uh, it's like five thirty a.m. where you are now. So. If you say anything wrong, we, we completely understand. Yes, that that's a fair point. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so our table was called the youth and we're all we're all like fairly young. And um I think at one point Pat Murray called out the quiz for being ageist. There was a whole round on objective C syntax questions. And I think Pat and like I don't know if you know Josh Parnham, I think his surname is. Uh, well, like the only two who've ever really dabbled in Objective-C beyond dabbling. Um, so, none of us really stood a chance. <laughs> and then, of course, Isn't like... most knowledge somewhat ageist? You just have more time to learn stuff. It's it's kind of hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could also de- depend on what interests people have. If you have something that's a, a particular young p- people topic, I guess if you have... I'm going to be very ageist now, but if you have like a topic session section about um, Snapchat, for example, the old people might not know it because they are not interested in Snapchat. So you could be ageist in both ways. In both ways, yeah. Mm. But that's ageist in the first place to assume that people don't like Snapchat because they're older. So I think we did mm. get the uh, Bananas in Pajamas theme song in the music round. So, you know, that that's showing up. <laughs> <laughs> um, did... Did James table win? Uh, so James actually wasn't allowed to participate this year. He was uh, part of the judging what? panel, uh, and I think what? that has to do with. Uh, well, he did write a round of the quiz apparently, um, and I think also because he got to that point because he won last year. So that's how they decided mm-hmm. to do the judging this year. Okay. Yeah, he won too many times. They needed to balance out the playing field. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, no, but that, that's really good. Like, I, I definitely I saw uh, people on Twitter, um, mostly on Twitter, um, talking about uh, the conference, and I definitely think it seemed like you guys had a great time. And yeah, it's it's unfortunate that I wasn't there. So you were still dropping the really ample from Vancouver. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was very happy about that anvil that I found in the middle of the city. Um, so if you haven't seen it, this was a tweet where I found a giant anvil. What was it like? Probably like three meter tall. It was it's huge. Almost double you. So yeah, it was double my height. I'm not two meters, but it's more than. It's probably like three point five meters or something. <laughs> this Wait, is very important. So now? we gotta get this right. <laughs> you know, I, I I might just bring some measure tape next time I pass it and just check just just to get get all the details right. Um, huge anvil yeah keep going yeah so there was a huge <laughs> anvil and i was standing in front of it and basically just made a joke saying that i was uh making sure that we had enough anvil drops in vancouver since i wasn't at uh devil because devil has a common joke that everyone have to put at least an anvil drop in all of their slides uh i think this is just because it's like a super extreme um effect that you can have in uh in keynote so if you if you make any animations or any type of like move in move out animations in keynote uh anvil is definitely one of the more crazy ones and i think uh there's also a thing at uh, devworld there's one thing called speaker training and in the speaker training i think uh the person who holds it usually tend to say that you should try to stay away from having too many like extreme animations and you should try to like make it like easy for people to follow your slides, but it shouldn't take away the focus from the person talking. And that's why I think the anvil drop is sort of going completely against that, uh, that recommendation. And it's quite funny that everyone just ends up adding, adding the anvil drop, uh, 
in their in their trucks. Uh, so it's quite fun. It's like an internal thing. Uh, but I think in general that speaker training is really good. You should not disregard what is being said in the speaker training because I think I personally learned a lot from it. At the end of the conference, they do their little, you know, best tweet award thing. And I was kind of sad that your tweet wasn't put up there because it was one of the funniest tweets of the conference, I thought. I don't know if you were disqualified <laughs> for being overseas, but I, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. Um, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Speaking of tweets. Oh. <laughs> good segue. Man. Yeah. Speaking of tweets, um, Zach... What's your what's your deal here? Have you decided to not be using any any social media or anything like Twitter or Mastodon? What I, I see this in the show notes, and I'm a little bit I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah, so it is in the show notes. Um, the the point is no Twitter, no Mastodon, and I kind of feel the need to point it out just because. Well, obviously, this episode we're going to be talking about. Uh, you know, certain things related to upcoming things in the technology industry. And yeah, I think it's worth pointing out uh, that I haven't been on the social networks since Thursday night and it's currently Tuesday morning. Um, so yeah, I just sort of decided to take a bit of a break as a combination of a few things at once. Uh, hoping to be back before the, before the Apple event next week. Um, but the plan is to stay off for about the next week. Uh, so anything I say here, I apologize if somebody else has pointed it out online uh, and I haven't seen it or anything like that. So just just thought it's worth uh, worth mentioning. This is a good excuse to making incorrect comments. Uh, I, I also <laughs> been off Twitter. <laughs> no, no. Um, but but I think that's that's uh, it's good at you saying that. I also think um, there are certain things like I spoke to you. Before the podcast yesterday, I think, before we recorded, and it sounded like you had a lot of things you wanted to talk about uh, related to those announcements, and you seem to have been a bit eager. Uh, and it must have been quite frustrating being off social networks just uh, during during this time. So I'm looking forward to hearing. Yeah, I think I picked the wrong day. I, I missed the opportunity yeah. <laughs> to make all the hot takes on the Apple event invite and things going wrong with the beta software or just... Uh, anyway... Is what it is. It's interesting timing. So uh, I've also been off Twitter and Mastodon for for a few days now. Uh, what was what was your reasoning? So a, a few things. Um, I listened to the recent Hello Internet, and I've been meaning to take a, a Twitter break of some sort for a while. And I used to take like weekends off, and used to quite enjoy that. I haven't done that in a while. In the latest Hello Internet, Gray was talking about sort of distraction and. I think he said he's taking a break from Twitter and Reddit, uh, pretty much cold turkey for a while. Um, that, and then this week as well is just crazy with uni work. Um, so I figured it's probably a good time. Uh, obviously don't want to really miss things during the week of the Apple event. So there was also, you know, like a week and a half to go. So just sort of a combination of a bunch of factors. Like it's a pretty good time to not be reading the tweets and to focus on actually doing work and stuff like that. Yeah, interesting timing. For us, uh, my family is currently visiting us here in Vancouver. So I also thought that I have a lot of other things to do. And I kind of coincidentally stopped using Twitter as a result of that. But now... Did over you stop using Mastodon as well? Any, I am basically stopped using my phone for, for a lot of things. Um, so I haven't really listened to podcasts, haven't really used Twitter, any any social media really at all. And I'm actually quite enjoying it. Uh, so far, it's been really good. I still access things like Twitter and Reddit just when I'm actively seeking out something. So I was looking into uh, information about uh, yesterday there was there was a fire smell in the neighborhood. So I just checked on Twitter and see, uh, to to see if anyone uh, tweeted anything about what 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 happened. And but it's more of a at the moment I use all of those more as kind of static websites where I get information that I that I need and then turn it off again. And I, I really enjoy that. Um, I also think for, for us with the podcast, I noticed over the last, I don't know, 10 episodes, it's sometimes difficult. We, we only made 10 episodes. Yeah. 
that's that's how I've noticed that. Um, that it is it is a bit harder to to form your own opinion when you're blasted with other people's opinion twenty four seven. So it's 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 really hard when you he hear people and read people that that you value and whose opinion you value. It's kind of hard to make an unbiased opinion yourself. I feel like I'm often kind of pulled into whatever seems to be the most people I tend to agree with, whatever their opinion is, and kind of develop this this type of group thing. I think, um, and I I I've, I found it quite refreshing to 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 uh step away from that so my plan now is to basically it's the first time ever that i took like a longer break from twitter so i'm way past my whatever the 1600 tweet limit is on tweetbot so i i gave up my completionism on on twitter um and i'm now i don't know uh 30 episode podcast episodes behind on everything so I think what I will do is for podcast have more deliberate times. At the moment, it's kind of a gap filler for me. So I listen to podcasts whenever there is any gap where I could use my brain. I currently use a podcast, even while falling asleep. I use a podcast. Um, so I think I wanna I wanna cut all of those times out and have more deliberate times where I. Kind of like I have deliberate times where where we might watch a TV show or a movie. I want to have deliberate times where I might even go for a walk to listen to a podcast, but I'm not just always filling it whenever there is any spare minute. That's currently my plan. Okay. Um, I have a few comments, but I just want to ask you as well, Sark, you mentioned that you, you got the idea from listening to Hello Internet, and I think Gray decided to also go off podcasts. I think seem yep. like completely unless he had to do something for his own like for his own business um so i was just wondering have you decided to do that too or is it strictly just uh twitter and uh mastodon uh no podcast hiatus yet uh it's just the social networks um i think uh, like typically with podcasts they're generally in the background like while traveling or or while doing things around the house things like that so i'm not looking to get back time in that space yet but i am also conscious of the whole uh allowing your mind to relax and rest a little bit and not always fill the gaps with podcasts and that's something i have been mindful of for a few years now but i, I could probably do a better job of cutting back on the podcasts i listen to uh, but that's not something that's part of this this break i think i do okay. need some kind of external source of information and at the moment it is mostly podcasts so, um, what are you guys hoping to achieve? Is it mostly that you want to have more time to, like, actually reflect on things and, like, let your brain relax and just come to your own conclusions? Or is it that you, like, I think, again, uh, Gray in Hello Internet, he mostly wanted to get more time and maybe ha have more focused time. And I think he was hoping to be able to actually sit down and focus on reading a book instead of having to worry about what's going on on social media. Is that something you guys are hoping to achieve or are you hoping to work more on your projects or like what, what's the reason? Yeah, it's mainly a time thing to not constantly be distracted by Twitter, uh, constantly be reading other people's thoughts uh, throughout the day while at work or at, at uni or what whatever it might be. Um, like I said, this week in particular, I've got a bunch of uni stuff to do. It's, it's very full on. Um, so I think the less distraction at least for this week, the better. Um, but it also does mean that when we have news things that we are going to talk about on this show, everything I've, everything I'm going to say is sort of wasn't influenced by somebody else, except for like the one article that I read to get the information to begin with. And everything is like formulated by myself, which I don't know, interesting novel concept in 2018, but we'll see if it works. <laughs> it might not. I might have not an original thought in my brain. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I we'll know, find out. No, no thoughts at all. That would be terrifying. For me, it's more of the flipping. At the moment, I feel like I I take deliberate time to think about something. Like sometimes uh, I'm I I plan to to walk around the neighborhood to think about something that I like plans or what I want to do. 
and but that is the deliberate time everything else is filled by podcast my 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 approach now is to flip that around to have deliberate podcast time but otherwise have more time when i just happen to think about things and i don't really know um i feel like it it will i i did notice over time that the more i listen to podcasts it's the less conscious i'm listening to podcasts so i feel like my brain wants to drift into my own thoughts so i feel like i listen to podcasts and then i start thinking about something else and then i then i catch myself trying to be like um focusing on the podcast because that's what i should do it's like i i kind of uh stop myself from thinking about the things i want to think about and instead focus on the podcast again and i feel like that was kind of a strong sign that my brain clearly has things it wants to process, but I actively try not to do that and instead listen to other people's verbally processing things. And that's what I want to flip around again. And I don't know what it will do. I don't know if it will have any impact. Um, but I thought when I was more consciously noticing that, that kind of behavior, mm-hmm. I thought that was enough of a, of a thing to just try it out and flip that around and see what that does. Okay. Do you have a, like a, time frame of how long you want to try this for or is it just until further notice mm, no 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 time frame i i just do it and see how it works i'm also not really a person that needs to have two strict time goals i i will try it if i either think it's silly or it doesn't benefit then i i i throw it overboard quite quickly uh if i see any benefit from it i i might just stick with it forever there was just one thing, so I don't want to keep on dragging on on like how Hello Internet influenced you, but I think the funny thing is that, Zach, you told me that the things that you spoke about in Hello Internet sort of led you to making this conclusion. And for me, I was listening to this episode of Hello Internet, and I was like, I'm actually doing pretty well. I didn't realize people have so big problems with this, and I felt I can... And not Not that I can use more social media, but I felt like... I'm not really having a problem because the way that uh, Brady in Hello Internet described it was that he sometimes just sits around and record a podcast or he's just with a friend and then a minute into the conversation, he picks up his phone and sends a message. And I, I I, have had some of these friends doing this, but it's like in general, I haven't had that many people around me who seem to be troubled by this. And I personally feel like as soon as I'm catching up with someone, I'm not picking up my phone unless it's like we're in the middle of a conversation and we want to look something up. But we are also quietly weird about that. If if we're sitting with someone and they pull out their phone, we usually point out, oh, it sounds like we're, boor- uh, we're too boring for you. We're kind of passively, aggressively shaming people into not using social media while we hang out with them yeah yeah that's 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 true we tend to do that (laughs) (laughs) i I do think like it feels like when you point it out people realize wow that was pretty rude it's not like they don't think just because you pointed out they don't think that you're the rude one they realize wow that's pretty rude why did i do that i don't need to do this right now um and i feel like i often if i have to do something like send a text message or something i often excuse myself um so so like when I was listening to Hello Internet, it made me sort of reflect over how much, how it seems like I'm actually the edge case where I'm, I'm, I'm not in that situation. Um, and I feel like, um, like we spoke about our podcast in, podcast listening habits in, in the last episode. And I felt like there are still many things that I want to listen to. And I feel like I also, um, it's not that I necessarily want to read more social, like more, more things on Twitter and Mastodon, but I would like to be a bit more like I have. I haven't really been tweeting much or writing much on Mastodon in general because I always feel like I'm always overthinking it, and I feel like I actually want to be more relaxed about it. So I want, in the same way that you guys want uh, this to occupy your time less or your mind less, I also want Twitter and Mastodon to occupy my mind less. But I want to achieve that by being more relaxed about what I'm doing. Yes, I feel like um, I can probably achieve the same sort of the same separation from those social networks, but in a different way, just by being um, like more relaxed about what I'm what I'm writing, for example. But I, but I think they're, they're different things, right? One is more of the social 
environment where where in a social environment where social media could become a problem and then there is your kind of alone time where it where it could be problematic i i agree i don't think i have any issues in social situations i don't remember the last time i spent time caught up with a friend and looked at my phone it's just not a thing i would do uh even my watch i usually just put in like theater mode or or Mm. something to to not get distracted but it, it i feel like that is that is not really a problem i have for me it's it's very purely around my own time but i agree with that i think at the moment um both of us are more consumer of social media than than contributor and i think um the way i want to use it or the way i see for me to use it is to 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 put more out uh and look for more information deliberately but not be this kind of constant stream that I feel like is a to-do list of how many things I still need to read each day. Yeah, I think that's a good way of seeing it. Um, because I, I did, it's funny that you call it a to-do list of things that you have to read every day. I, I found that when I moved over to Mastodon, I haven't found a client that tells you how many, how, how much you have left to read. And in the beginning, I was like, oh no, I have no idea how much I have to do. I, I don't know, like, if I'm behind, I don't know how, uh, like, how many other people have written or if there's something important that happens within those two hours. And I felt a bit like, oh, I, I'm missing this from Twitter. Uh, but then I realized that it's actually quite relaxing because I'm not feeling like I have to keep on top of it. It's just, I have some time now. I'm going to read the stream. If I get to the top, that's fine. If, if not, I don't really know where I am. Like I know time-wise where I am in the stream, but I didn't have to worry about like reading 1,050 tweets or toots. So, yeah, I I do think that actually something quite good with Mastodon. Um, but yeah, I think I will also definitely reflect a bit more over um, my free time. But I think in general I tend to already handle it quite well. For example, like I used to have a um, like, I, I think I have more time when I'm walking to the bus, for example, I tend to not to listen to something. And that's partly because I want to be more aware of what's going on around me and what's going on in the traffic. Um, and if I'm, if I'm new to a city, I don't really know the neighborhoods very well. So I want to be more alert. Uh, so that sort of helped me already. Um, but I think I might try to be a little bit more deliberate with, um, when I turn a podcast on or when I pick up my phone. Yeah, and I think it's a good way to look at it. I don't think that using a social network should cause you stress or feel like you have to catch up or have to contribute or have to do anything like that. I think it should be something that if you're using, you're doing it because you enjoy it. And if you're not enjoying it, then you probably shouldn't be using it or be using it less. So I think that's a good good approach. So, Zach, did anything anything interesting happen on 9to5Mac over the last few days? Yeah, so I guess Friday morning for, for me, Thursday midday for you or whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> well, firstly, Apple sent out events to their September event. So it's happening. Uh, we were right, September 12th, um, which is a, a Wednesday in the US. Um, September 12th is the date of their their event special event i guess new iphones new apple watch um so that was pretty exciting uh it's kind of good to good to know the date um but then we also uh so just a just a heads up uh we're going to be talking about spoilers so if you don't like iphone spoilers or apple watch spoilers maybe skip to the next chapter but yeah nine to five mac seem to get their hands on some leaked product images they look like images that would normally be going on the apple website uh, of both the new iphones and the new apple watch series 4 i think the iphones are pretty much what we'd expect they show an iphone 10 like phone sitting on top of another iphone 10 like phone which is even bigger this this is something this is something that really hurts me 
I really don't like looking at pictures <laughs> where they freaking put all those glass items on top of each other. <laughs> like, it's going to be so much dust. In, I mean, of course, they have like a spiral room, but I feel so stressed when, like, this is something that a lot of people who are um, doing testing uh, of software do. They often have like a whole stack of iPads, iPhones, Android phones. Like, it's, it's just, it really hurts me to see that they just put them on top of each other. Um, so, yeah. Just a side note, it, it wasn't very comfortable for me to look at this picture. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so that's that, that's the phones that leaked. Um, I mean, I think that's pretty much what we expected, that there's a 5.8-inch a iPhone XS or whatever they're going to call it, as well as a, a larger one. Uh, and there'll probably be a size in the middle as well with a, a cheaper iPhone. Um my my personal thoughts on these haven't changed uh, since we spoke about larger iPhones a couple of episodes ago. I will get your opinions in a, in a minute. Um, but yeah, I'm still not very excited by this. I would have been way more excited if a smaller phone leaked. Um, but then, uh, like, read that article and then below that was a very similar leak for the Apple Watch. And it's showing a rose gold Apple Watch with clearly a larger watch face, like a larger screen. Uh, and I think there's eight complications on this screen. So there's they've got a lot more room to do, um, to display information, to show things on this Apple Watch. And it looks amazing. And I want one. <laughs> um, yeah, this it looks a little bit thinner to me. I don't know if that's uh, like a trick of the photo, but it... Yeah, this this Apple Watch does look like something I'd definitely be interested in. Yeah, Apple tends to have product shots that make the product look quite thin. But if it yeah, if it really looks anything like that, <sighs> I really want that watch. Yeah, I think sure they could play around with it a bit to make it look thinner, but I think the fact that they made the picture like this makes it seem like it is actually a bit thinner and I think any like any amount of th- any any weight that you lose or any thickness that you lose is going to be beneficial for this product. Um, I think I've definitely been wanting to have a thinner watch for a long time. And I'm so excited. It looks so nice. Um, I was a little bit... kind of been talking about this. And like it's this rose gold color, right? And it's not matte. Because the current rose gold is... Um, the current sports rose gold is uh, like having like a brushed finish. Uh, but this one seemed to be completely glossy so it almost seems like it's made out of um stainless steel rather than aluminium aluminum i don't know what to say anymore um so yeah yeah i think um we've been talking about whether this is the sports version or if it's gonna be just a regular apple watch or if it might even be a um an addition and i think um i really don't want it to be an addition because i would love to buy this watch and i don't think i'm gonna stretch I'm not. I'm not gonna. I like it, but I'm not gonna spend the like the cost that the, the money that an edition usually costs. Um, and Kai and I kept on talking about it, and we felt like the fact that they focus so much on complications and focus on sort of health and fitness makes it seem like it's not an edition, just because that's something they usually have for the marketing of the of the sports watch. Uh, what do you think, Zach? Which which version do you think this is? Yeah, I hadn't really considered that until. Until you mentioned it, actually, because I, I think the approach they'll still take with the Apple Watch is the the same physical body, like size, screen size, buttons and all that with just a different finish on the outside. So I don't think my guess is it wouldn't matter too much what finish this is, but we'll be able to get a watch with a similar screen size with similar features in any size, even if we want sport. Uh, looking at it now, I can definitely see how it is the, the stainless steel or uh, stainless steel watch. But I think you could have, you could have a, um, a, okay, in America, do you say aluminum or aluminum? Aluminum. Okay. So I think Johnny that... Johnny Ive says aluminum. Yeah, I'm not going to say aluminum because I feel a bit pretentious. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but Sorry, all Australia and, and the UK. British people and Johnny Ive. pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretentious. I should just say it in Swedish. Um, no, but I think the... Uh, aluminum, ah, damn it, Alum- aluminum uh, Apple Watch could technically be I think shiny. this week's episode starts with a super cut of Marlin trying to say alumin- <laughs> alum- aluminum, aluminum, <laughs> aluminum, like the super cut uh, we have from Johnny Ive with yeah. every time him saying aluminum. 
Yes. Yes. Developers, 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 developers. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, He didn't say it wrong. He just wanted to repeat it. Um, uh, But yeah, um, (laughs) to get back to my actual, the actual thing I want to say, I think that the aluminum watch could technically also be um, glossy and not uh, not matte uh, so I don't think it, it's necessarily mean that this is the stainless steel watch it just looks like style wise it looks like what they usually make the make the Apple watch look like uh, so I, I don't know and I'm not sure if I would buy it if it wasn't a, a sports edition and if it wasn't the, uh, the aluminum edition what do you think, Zach? Would you buy this if this is um, stainless steel? Probably not. I would probably still be looking at the sport watch. I think that's the the best balance of like features to to money. Uh, usually, um, the only and slightly off topic, but the only thing that would get me to buy a, a more expensive watch would be a glucose monitor, as we've spoken mm-hmm. about in the past. I think uh, I would throw almost any amount of money at that watch. So. That would be the about the only thing where I'm uh, where I'm willing to drop more money on an Apple Watch. Um, but going back to this image, I think it's worth noting that the red dot is mostly gone on the crown to indicate that it's a cellular watch. We now have a thin red line on the outside of the crown instead of the whole crown being coloured red, which I think will make a lot of people happy. Yeah, it looks so much nicer than the entirely red dot. Yeah, but I think people might still want to cover it. Like people didn't really like that it was red in the first place. Do you think this is some, because I know I, I know mean, for the current one, people actually went out and bought dots. I saw one that a person that day who actually covered his dot with a black dot. Um, do you guys think this is still going to be a thing that people put on stickers? I think it's hard to say. I think the the rose gold image it looks really nice with the with the red circle around uh, around the crown. Yep. I don't know how it would look like if... I mean, this is the only color that actually leaked. I don't know if they will all now be polished or or if we still have the brushed aluminum. Uh, but if if we would have something that is uh, similar to what kind of the silver um, sports watch looks like now, I think then the red dot would still stick out more. I don't know. Um, but in, in this kind of rose gold color, I think the red dot actually makes it really nice. It's a nice accent on on the on the casing. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I really, really like the rose gold color. I think the, the sports one now is more of a brushed rose gold, and I think it's something I haven't really been wanting to have. But I sort of feel like maybe... I've been thinking for a while to maybe just get the regular watch... Um, and not the sports, um, but it's not. I think it's it, uh, um, stainless steel can get a bit more scratchy, mm. so that's sort of the one thing I'm concerned. So I'll same see. for polished aluminium. Yeah, aluminium. Yeah. Man, now I do the same it's thing. So hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm definitely really interested in getting this watch, and I probably will buy one and try it out, and then if. Maybe I don't like it, and then <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I, I will definitely like it, and I probably end up keeping it. Just let's be real, realistic here. I just um, thought about a thing. Um, you know how the microphone, um, what appears to be the microphone, is now between the crown and the uh, button mm-hmm. on the right side of the watch. It kind of looks like a SIM card slot and a SIM card eject button. I wonder how many people try to stick something in there to put a SIM card into their LTE watch. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, hadn't hadn't considered that. But yeah, gee. <laughs> right. It kind of looks like the, the yeah, what it, it looks like on on an iPhone. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's separate, but I, I I wonder if there is a non-zero amount of people that bring their watch in because their microphone is not busted. I also wonder if that's an additional microphone or if that's the only microphone. Like if they've just moved the location now. Uh, that could. But be I mean, the the Series Three has two microphones, both on the left side, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I always thought it's kind of odd to have both of them on the same on the same side, basically in the same spot. So having one on each side would make sense to me because uh, then, if depending on how you hold your wrist and how how you the direction that you're talking to your wrist from matters less. Do you guys actually talk into your watch? Am I allowed to say yes? Because I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When do you use this? Um, for Siri things, sending quick reminders, sending okay. quick messages, uh, sometimes HomeKit stuff. If I'm not bothered opening the HomeKit app on the watch, that's good. Hmm. 
Um, okay. It sometimes doesn't always pick up your voice the best, so I would welcome a microphone on the other side of the watch. Every time I use it in public, I feel like I want to sort of hide <laughs> that, I'm, that I'm talking into my watch. And I realize now that that makes me seem even more like a, like a, like a spy or a secret agent <laughs> because I'm always like slightly sketchy, like moving away from the rest of the people at the bus stop so that I can talk into my watch. And yeah, this must look ridiculous. I actually tend to not use it that often, but I think I'm just awkward. I, I also use mine surprisingly much, mostly for kind of timers, especially in the kitchen. If you have anything on your hands, it's quite nice to, to do that. Now we're kind of overwhelmed with smart speakers at home. So I sometimes get stuck for like a second figuring out which device do I want to talk to and how do I trigger it. I feel like the more we have, the, the harder mentally it becomes for me to figuring out which one do I address now and which one is best at which particular uh, task. How do you find it with uh, WatchOS 5 now, Zach, uh, when, you're, when you don't have to say the trigger word? Does that work? Uh, it's hit and miss. It's great when it works. Um, and it probably works like 70% of the time. So it's a nice feature. Um, I wonder if moving the microphone would help with that. And that might be a, a consideration that, uh, you know, it's better at picking up when somebody starts to talk into it. I don't know. Um, but anything that improves that feature some more is very welcome. I don't find it too much of a hassle to say, hey, Siri, anyway. I'm already in that habit. Yeah, I tend to still say that when I want to talk to the watch. All right. For me, it would be nice just because so many things listen for that in, in our household. So to have something that I don't need to say the trigger word and just talk to would actually make me use it a lot less because I wouldn't have this kind of clash where five devices try to figure out which one is the best at understanding what I'm trying to say at the moment. It tends to always prioritize the watch, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, for me it does. For modern it doesn't because the HomePod at the moment only supports one account. Oh, okay. So if, if I say it, the HomePod might jump on and then realize that the watch also triggered and then overrides that. But sometimes it's also that I actually want to talk to the, the HomePod if I want to play music. I don't want to play music on my watch. I want to play music on, on the HomePod. So there are more more scenarios where, where something odd happens. And for modern, it just doesn't work because uh, they don't really do this, figuring out which device is the closest and the best to, to serve that particular task. Uh, okay. That's a shame. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be nice to see some improvements in that space as well. Yeah. So I I, I haven't tried uh, WatchOS five, but I I was I was hoping that would solve a lot of those issues. But seventy percent again is close enough to to a point where I think it's not something I would want to rely on because exactly. that's that's one of the silliest uh, things when you t talk to your watch and it didn't hear you and then you have to repeat yourself and then you have to wait for it to process again and at that point I feel like you lose the benefit of the convenience. So if it if it's not like close to a hundred percent, I probably wouldn't. It, it wouldn't become a, a thing I would want to adopt. Yeah, definitely. But we'll see. I'll definitely get one of those Series Four watches. <laughs> uh, maybe that will help. I think we're gonna have some tough choices to make. What what watch? What finish? What color? All the things. For me, for me, it's definitely whatever they. Assuming they're two sizes, I go for the larger size. You're still um, going for the large one, even if the display is um, larger now. If if the physical size is the same, just the display is larger. That's that's what I would want. Okay. And whatever whatever cheapest model is at in that size. So if it's the uh, aluminum, I will I will get that. I'm I'm just too a watch. Something on my wrist has a too high chance of bumping into anything that I'm not willing to spend more than the the minimum I need to spend to get it. Um, I I hit while we were moving uh, boxes in in Sydney. Uh, I just hit I think a door frame or something with my watch, and now I have uh, a small not it's not a scratch. It's more of a um, the the reflective coating, the anti reflective coating was chipping a bit, and now every time I look at it, I I just it's it is just like a two millimeter chip but i i see it every time and it feels like it's 90 percent of the watch just because it always draws my attention why don't you just get the screen protector and a case around the watch? 
They look ridiculous. <laughs> I know. So uh, I'm, I, it's just for me, it's not something. And I'm also I, I do sport. Like I, I I play sports while while wearing the watch. I I don't want to. I don't know. It's not something where I don't want to catch something with my left hand because I'm afraid I might scratch my watch. I want it to be the cheapest possible that has everything, unless the the regular Apple Watch or or whatever other models there might be add features that I think are essential enough to be worth the extra pain of trying to watch out not to damage it even more. Get a watch out there, huh? <laughs> wow. Um. <laughs> you know, Zach has an excuse. It's 6 a.m. What's yours? <laughs> it's uh, 1.43 p.m. <laughs> that sounds like a good excuse. <laughs> so the last thing to note about this uh, this image is the bands appear to be the same. So those of us who have, <laughs> uh, let's say, invested in... Many a watch bands uh, look like we'll get a, at least another year of use out of those uh, and all those funny colors. So that's, that's I, I almost use. think you you now get yourself three years. I don't think it's very likely that if, if because we're yeah. seeing a case design change now. If, if it actually is thinner, then I don't think there will be a watch band change in a while. Yeah, but if point. this actually isn't thinner, if it's just a color change and a display change, then it might change. Yeah. But I, I, I think you probably got yourself another few years. And I had, for three years now, I had excuse. Apple's probably changing the casing at some point soon, so I shouldn't buy watch bands. Now that argument is out of, out yeah. of the door. So I'm, we'll, I'm, I'm going to buy some watch bands. Yeah, we'll see how that ends. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Zach, did the, the rumors or the leaks of the new iPhone design, did that make you... More certain or less certain about your purchase decisions of the of the new phone? Uh, so upon seeing the watch, I was like, I definitely want to buy that. And then upon seeing the phone, I thought, no, still, I, st- I still don't want it. But the fact that I do definitely want to watch maybe is okay. It's like satisfying that itch to buy something. Um, I don't know. It's a shame because I really want a new phone this year. But uh, also, I don't want to spend a lot of money on a phone that I don't actually want. So, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not very keen on on these phones. Uh, they look well. I imagine they're going to be almost just as expensive, and it doesn't look like they're getting smaller. And the size is a big a big issue. Um, and I think it's really hard to justify spending like sixteen hundred Australian dollars on a phone that is going to annoy me. <laughs> I think we also have to talk more about the watch. We didn't even talk about anything. <laughs> I, I right, th- let's go back to the watch. Who cares about that stupid phone? <laughs> I mean, we do only have so like 25 more. minutes though. Just heads up. There's, yeah, so uh, uh, another disclaimer. It's early for Zach and he has a heart out at, uh, what is it, 7 a.m., 8 a.m.? Oh, I could probably push till 10 past 7, but I do have to get to work. Let's let's aim for 7. Um <laughs> So we, we, we have to rush through some stuff. Even though it might not feel like we got through things quickly, we, we're trying to, to be quicker. Um, we, maybe I can hold that for, for next week then because uh, we, we didn't even talk much about what's on the screen on, on that watch because those egg complications um also quite interesting. And there are interesting tidbits in, in some of them, like the UV uh, information that's on there. Um, yeah, well, that's just a feature of the weather app in iOS 12. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's also uh, there. There are just a lot of lot of interesting things going on there with how how um, appointments show in in the analog watch phase and and how many more things you get because most of the um, complications we're seeing are kind of you have the traditional what's the current temperature and then you get kind of an expanded version of that uh complication with like the um the the temperature range for the day and where you're currently at for the day so so in the top right corner where it says it says 72 degrees Mm -hmm. uh, and then it's 52 and 89 does that mean that 52 is the low the low point for that day but they're all kind of uh additional information for the core right the top right is temperature with the range, the top left is a timer with the current timer ticking down. The bottom right is sunset with um, the the actual times of sunset around it, and then in the bottom left is the UV information again, where you see the current UV 
level and the range it will be. Yeah. I feel like some of it is a bit of takes it's it's a bit unnecessary to repeat certain things. Like for example the sunset. They clearly just have the icon there because it's nice it, it's it's an icon that forms some symmetry with the rest of the logos. Mm. Um and the what you actually care about for the sunset is the time. You don't really care about if the sun is setting or rising. I think you should be quite aware of that if you're awake. Um so I think certain things they have it's definitely an improvement. You get a lot more information um, and a lot more complications, but I think some things are still, you can still see that some of the complications have a stylistic choice over a like space constraint, um, like reason behind it. Uh, but I think overall, like it makes sense that they have done it this way because it adds some symmetry. Um, I think it looks cool. Uh, I am a little bit, like it looks fine now when I'm looking at the picture on my computer, but I'm a little bit concerned it will be a too a bit too cluttered especially when everything is so colorful i wonder if you can maybe it would be cool if you could have like a like a dark theme or something like a like a a bit more of a subtle color theme i think that would be quite cool yeah definitely i'm looking forward to seeing what third-party apps can do with these new complications as well um i can imagine Mm. a a dexcom for like continuous glucose monitoring complication that does have your range for the day as well as your current reading i think that could be quite interesting to see at a glance uh, but it's also worth mentioning that this is only one watch face. Uh, I imagine that all of the watch faces will get an update. Yeah. So there will, there will yeah. probably be even more new styles of complication uh, across the other watch faces. So there could be could be some interesting things. Um, as for the color, I imagine that you would be able to turn that off because I know on some of the watch faces currently, um, like the I think it's the modular one with all the. With all the different ones, you can have a colorful one or you can have a, a single tint color. Um, so I guess that would be something that is possible, I would assume. Um, could be wrong there. Yeah, no, that, mm. would be re- that would be really nice. But I think we'll have many more hours of analyzing watch faces and complications after the event. Oh, I'm excited, though. Like th- this, this product excites me. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Me too. Because it allows for new things. Well, I feel like the it's it appears the iPhone is basically what what we expected for a long time. Yes. A minor bump of the same things and a larger one for people who like uh, humongous phones. Yeah, it's hard because like the iPhone is an older product and there are it's had so many iterations of it, and I think there are certain things that are just set now. It feels like certain things we we don't want to improve, or there are already the way the way they make sense. Like it, it, it's already a very well developed product, but I think something like the watch you could already see, and um, for the third generation, it felt like it was so much quicker, and it made sense to have more third party apps. And maybe now they will have this, like maybe they will with this new design of the watch face, they will also take it a step further in what they allow uh, third party developers to display. Um, and I think it seems like they're really iterating on it, and they try to be a bit more creative. And to really see what like what makes sense on the watch, and really try to further develop this product so it's more more useful every day. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think I'll be throwing iPhone money. 10s now in huge iPhone. and humongous. Yeah. So what size will you be buying? Huge. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Fair enough. I I know I will I will not go for, I will go for the same 5.8. Um, I think the 5.8 is already too big. Um, but it's the smallest one that Apple seems to offer, so that's the one I will have to go with. I would still prefer, uh, as we talked about last week and probably many weeks before that too, I would still prefer a phone where I can actually reach all the parts of the screen. That would be nice, but um, considering that Apple's not offering a phone where you can reach all the things at the moment, I will just go for whatever the smallest that that has all the things I'm interested in does have. And that seems to be the 5.8. I'm actually considering whether it makes sense for me to buy it right now or not, but I think that's going to be a longer a longer thing to talk about. So I think we should probably move away from this topic now, just because we are time-constrained. Yeah. All right. I also have a lot to say about the OLED screen, so we also have to do that some other day. All right, so I think our plan for the next episode is to do a draft of some kind for the upcoming event. Um, we'll probably record that the weekend before the event and get it out as soon as we can. Uh, Kai, did you just want to give us a rundown of how or what we're going to do for that? I, I just put it in there because I thought we should probably define rules ourselves um, as part of 
I I thought this episode, but without time constraint, maybe maybe we have to do that kind of in between now and our next recording. Um, so I kind of have higher level uh, objectives for whatever the rules we decide on um, needs should be, and that is there needs to be some type of ranking, obviously, because ordered lists. Yeah, what's a list without ranking? Yep, um, we have to have certain rules of. Obviously, not allowing uh, duplication, and I think we should take out things that are where we all think they're close to hundred percent to have uh, um, leaked correctly. For example, there won't be any points for guessing that the name is X and an S, um, because uh, we seem to all be very confident that those leaks were correct. Um, same for if if you say I think there will be watch face with eight eight complications. That will no longer be something that that is uh, acceptable. I think. Damn it! They're going my two Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, however, uh, anything that is uh, more detailed and more speculation inside of those, so everything that we haven't seen yet, is still acceptable. So even something where you say it will be a X, a space, and a lowercase s. And you think you're confident that that will be the name? That would be something I I think I would uh I would feel confident uh, allowing into our into our uh, predictions. Um, similar for for the Apple Watch, something like a um a digital watch face that allows different things for that space, where you're building on top of knowing now that the uh, the screen will be bigger. I think is something that we will definitely go with. And and allow into the draft, but something where we it shouldn't be a points grab. <laughs> we should try to to obviously have good picks and good a good selection of what we think is likely, but not something that we just kind of uh, scraping off a nine to five Mac or similar. Especially considering that we haven't recorded that episode yet, so there might be other leaks. So if anything else like that leaks, that will automatically exclude that. So if we if we um doing our preparations for it and something else leaks and it's exactly like that on our list that's unfortunate because we were good at predicting it but if it's a like 99% confidence leak then that will exclude but that. what if it leaks what if we record on saturday and it leaks on monday anything that leaks after our recording that is a locked in uh, uh prediction All right. And does it have to be mentioned on stage or could it be like they have a tech, they have a text, they have a spec bump of the MacBooks, um, on the same day, but they don't mention it? I would say it doesn't need to be mentioned on stage, but it needs to be out in any type of material the day of. So if, if you're predicting that the, The new hole in the on the right side of the LTE watch is in fact a SIM card ejection hole. Um, that is probably not something that would be mentioned on stage. But if you can find evidence of that the same day as part of the material, then that will still count. All right. And in terms of broadness, like I think it's quite unfair if I'm gonna say if I say they will release a new phone and I get a point for that. So, like, how do we, like, how broad can predictions be? Um, I think in general, we are all reasonable. They should be as specific as they are. Um, the, the higher the, in, the higher the interest factor or the, the more interesting the, the prediction is, the more generic it can be if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So if you're going something that is super far out and you're saying this one will have a um, a, uh, a blood glucose monitor built in, that is not very specific. It is just a feature. You don't then have to predict exactly the way it's implemented. That's definitely going to be one of my picks. But of course, uh, Zach can be more specific if he wants to because it's a topic he cares about. Mm -hmm. But you can't be as... Uh, generic about there will be a new watch face without any information so yeah. a new watch face is not as interesting or as far-fetched of a thing so it needs to be more specific and i think we should just the three of us um should be then in a place where we police that and say whether we think this is too broad or or whether it's acceptable but in general it makes it more interesting if we're being as as um 
specific as we think makes sense for for the given topic cool i think we also have to come up with a prize like what happens to a person who wins we don't have to do that now but it's worth considering and if anyone who's listening has any idea of what the prize should be let us know i thought as a minimum um it's probably allowing someone to, the winner can move anything in our app list to any spot they wish either up or down um obviously that will only stay for a week we can also consider if uh if maybe the first place gets one that will be locked in for an ex- additional week well the second place can only move something uh but we can figure out the details around that and uh we we might also think of anything else that might be might be a fun thing but i do definitely think there should be some type of of price for for the first second and third place yeah <laughs> Otherwise, like, what's the point of even doing this again, you know? <laughs> so, the list. Marlene, what, what is your, your pick for the week? Okay. Um, so, I added... Oh, what I want to add to the list is Procreate. Um, it's an app that um, I'm using on my iPad. Uh, I think I'm... Um, so, so, this is an app that allows you... It's, it's a creative app, uh, a sketching app, and you can also use it for... You can use it for anything from, like, pencil sketches to more like um, ink-based stuff to like actual oil paintings. There are some sample um, sample paintings in the app and they look really, really cool. And there's so many things you can do with this app. Um, and I use it for mainly sketching with like um, like a pencil equivalent. Um, obviously, you need an Apple Pencil for this as well. You can do it with your finger, but it's not going to be as accurate or as nice. So it's it's meant for, I think... Like it's it's definitely for more professional use and for people who really like really n- not just like doodle around. It's most for people who actually want to sit down and draw something over a longer time. Um, and I have used it a bit in the past, and I also did use it for our uh, artwork for the for the podcast cover. Um, professional work. That's what I'm gonna say. Uh, I feel like I'm often using. Like the app is a bit of an overkill for what I'm using it for. I do sometimes use it more for like um, those type of cartoonish um, sketches. But I just really, what I really like with it is that it has a very, you can use a lot of different layers. Um, and I really like, I really like that way of working. So like that's, that's one of the main benefits of using an iPad for me over just drawing on a, on a piece of paper because I can actually put different layers in on top of each other. And if I want to first uh, draw like the main, uh, the main outline of what I want to make, like a, like a quick outline, uh, then I can just draw on top of it uh, on a different layer and then I just remove the second layer without having to like erase or anything. And that's why I really like this app. Um, it does also have a really cool set of um, like other features you can really precisely decide how you want your pencils to work and how thick you want them to start and how like how how you want it to like change the thickness throughout the throughout your pencil stroke um, and they also have um, like custom palettes so if you have like a specific uh, image that you're working on uh, or you have a specific theme throughout your different drawings you can use those different palettes uh, so yeah, it has a lot of really cool features. Uh, so if you're interested in sketching or drawing on the iPad, I would definitely recommend it. It's another app from Australia, from Hubbard. I think this is the first time we ha- we picked a iPad-focused app. Yeah. I was just going to mention that one of the keynotes at DevWorld was by a guy named Michael Shaw, who works for Savage, who create procreate uh and it was all about Mm. getting uh sort of improving performance on the ipad uh particularly on some older ipads uh but also on the newer ipad with 120 frames uh uh, per second display so i thought that was was actually one of the most interesting talks at devworld about uh about procreate all right what app have you selected this weekend um, for me, it's more of a start of a series, I think. Uh, I, I had that feeling for a while. That's why I held off. Um, so this week I, I picked Astro, which is one of the, I think, seven male clients I have installed on my phone at the moment. Um, and Astro is kind of the, the, a lot of, a lot of email clients do that at the moment. Uh, you kind of have your inbox. They have a separation between a smart and a classic. 
uh, inbox, smarted, trying to figure out what's kind of important for you, or it's a, I think they call it priority. And other is kind of a newsletter and those kind of things. I don't actually use that because I feel like it's not reliable enough. So I just use the the classic view for everything, where everything is com- kind of just coming in a list. And then you can swipe over your your emails, uh, swipe to the right, kind of archives the the message. Swiping to the left, uh, I configure to be uh, the snoozing options. So uh, I can just make um, um, emails come back at a at an appropriate time, and it's just for me um, a way of organizing when to to action emails because I've been quite bad historically with answering email, and uh, because it was just this overwhelming amount of of messages that I thought I should action one way or another, and. Um, I think I started with Sparrow a long time ago before uh, Dropbox bought Sparrow and then um, murdered, murdered uh, the client. Um, uh, this kind of way of working, of, of archiving things and, and making them snooze to, to, or no, they didn't, they didn't. Gmail murdered Sparrow. Uh, Dropbox murdered Mailbox. Um <laughs> Yeah, even worse because Mailbox was actually uh, closer to the way I I liked working. Um, interesting tidbit: uh, Mailbox was founded by Eddie Q's son. Oh, um, like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before Dropbox murdered them. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, Astro is one of the many I will probably pick over the next few weeks. Um, that kind of works in a similar way. Um, it's pretty decent. Uh, it it only works with uh, Office three sixty five or Outlook and Gmail, so it's a bit limited in in the email providers it supports. But if you're using one of the two, um, it does a lot of kind of nice things. The 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 UI is pretty pretty native. Um, it has a macOS app, uh, which also is, I think it's not an Electron app. It's it's actually native, so it's pretty decent. Um, they have the kind of the spot thing that says, Hey, you never open emails from this sender. Do you want to just auto archive them? So I kind of do that for, for certain things that I, I do want to have in my inbox to make them searchable, but, um, uh, something that I might not need to get a notification about or need to read. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Zach, I think what's in your In general, opinion? we should probably have a whole episode talking about our email, uh, yeah. situations. So, uh, it's definitely a topic I want to touch on again, but I think now we should. Yeah. Zach. Cool. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, when I created the document for this uh, this episode, I filled in my list item, um, and the app that I had chosen was Pocket Weather. Um, then again, last Friday, so as part of my Twitter hiatus, I couldn't tweet about it. Shifty Jelly, the developers of Pocket Weather. Uh, released a blog post with the title "Everything That Begins Must Also End," and so uh, it was announced that Pocket Weather will be no more on the App Store. Uh, so it's no longer available to purchase on either the iOS App Store or the Google Play Store. Um, they will continue to run the backend uh, servers for it for I think they said two years, if I remember that correctly. Um, oh no, sorry, at least the next twelve months. Yeah, so. For at least the next twelve months, um, which is very generous considering they are, uh, my understanding is they're very expensive. Um, so yeah, I, I guess uh, this makes it hard because the original plan was to add it to the list and fight for it to be just below weatherline. Uh, reason behind that is, like personally, I prefer it over weatherline. However, it is only useful if you're in Australia. Therefore, it probably you know, should just be under weather line there. Um, I think, I think in terms of the list, I'm still going to fight for it to be in that position. Uh, but obviously, uh, as of, well, obviously you can't go and download it if you don't have it already. Um, and as of 12 months, well, it won't work anymore. So, uh, we'll have to either remove it from the list or move it lower. Uh, I thought about just choosing another app, but, I kind of liked the idea of, of getting pocket weather on the list still. So, I would agree. I, I had a look when I saw the blog post. Um, 
I was also talking, we were talking to Rasa at DubDub about that and it was kind of looming and it was quite sad. I, I had a look. Um, Pocket Weather was actually the very first app I bought when I moved to Australia. Um, so as soon as I moved my, my App Store account over to, to the Australian, the very first thing I bought was Pocket Weather. And it's kind of sad. It was kind of the start for us being in Australia and being in, in into this development thing. And now now it's coming to an end. So I was also quite sad. But as you said, uh, it's very expensive to operate. And the weather service provider, BOM, made their data more expensive over time. So, But I do think it deserves a spot in between Weatherline and City Mapper. Yeah, I agree. I'm still happy to put it there because it's an app that I I have been using a lot. And I think, like you said, Zach, it's it's probably in Australia. It's probably a bit weather, about weatherline, and I really really appreciated the app. And I was quite sad that I couldn't use it when I was outside of Australia. So I'm more than happy to keep it keep it in the list. Cool. Cool. Um. And in the. In the thought of time, I would say Astro goes between uh, City Mapper and Holdown. Any objections? I think that's fair. I've seen you use it, and it, it seems like a pretty good app. Um, I still haven't tried it out, but yeah, I think it looks pretty good. Cool. Your inbox always looked very neat. <laughs> and Marlon, where do you want to put Procreate? I'm thinking maybe just under Holdown, because it is it is quite a good app. Um and it's it's very nicely made from a technical standpoint, but I think I'm not using it that much. It's not a it's considering that you guys haven't used it. I'm thinking it might be might be fair to put it a little bit further down. Cool, I'm happy with that. Sure, I've also been meaning to check it out. So once I do that, maybe we'll have to reevaluate and maybe move it up in the list or or down if if it turns out mm. I don't like it. But uh, it does seem pretty good. So. Fourth, our top ten are Australian apps. Yeah. Woo! All right. I think that's uh, four minutes more than we had time for today. So um, good talking to you. Yep, likewise. And thanks for getting up so early to, <laughs> to chat to us today, Zach. No problem. See you on the weekend at a more sane time. I hope you're getting coffee soon. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you should get that coffee. Yes. Yes. All the coffee. Looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, Great chatting to you. Talk to you soon. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank Thank you. you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.